You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Miller Yoho from the Charlotte Sports Foundation. Now, if you love sports like me, you're probably like, Brian is so damn excited for this podcast. And I am because Miller has played a big role, not only in Charlotte, but in sports in general. And it's pretty exciting. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, his background in the sports or the Charlotte Sports Foundation. Now, if you're a sports fan here in Charlotte, you're probably familiar with the Duke's Mayo Bowl, the Jumpman Invitational, the Alley Tip-Off, events that really generate millions of dollars in direct spending and local economic impact, hotel room rentals, spending on food, drinks, entertainment, as well as the millions of dollars that sports and sporting events mean for the area nonprofits. Now, one of those drivers behind some of that impact is the Charlotte Sports Foundation. Miller is the Director of Communications and Marketing for the foundation, and he is our guest today. Just found out he went to Furman. I went to Georgia Southern, so we're off to a great freaking start. Uh, Miller, thank you so much, and welcome to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. And, and I knew it was a welcome place when I walked in and someone's wearing a full Chiefs regalia. He Let's go! ready for this weekend. <laughs> I was like, this is a sports fan, and then with that intro, I don't think I could have written it my, uh, better. So really appreciate you guys having me. Love uh I'm excited to talk about all these things, but um, yeah, Charlotte's an awesome place to uh, for sports right now. Absolutely, man. Thank you for being here. And for the folks that don't know about the foundation and what it does in a year, uh, bring us up to speed a little bit. Yeah. So the the organization's existed about 12, 13 years in its current, um, the way it's set up. And, and our, our goal is simple, is to bring large, high-profile events that either affect the economic, uh, have a high economic impact or affect the quality of life for Charlotteans. Great way to think about that is when Bank of America Stadium is full for a college football game, if Spectrum Center has an event, that is money coming to town, spending uh, their people, or that's people coming to town, spending money in hotels, Ubers, spending money at restaurants. That is money that is benefiting the people as well as also, you know, hard taxes being generated. But also there's the whole quality of life. I like to say one of my best days of my life was 2007 going to the bowl game or 2008 going to the bowl game with my dad and having all these events in Charlotte create things that companies, their employees can go to. But also it's something that you can have memories uh, that maybe other city doesn't have and, and experience high-level sports in unique ways. I think Jumpman Invitational, you mentioned that. There's only one place in the world that has a Jordan brand um, kind of backed event in uh, with four different universities, eight colleges. It's just only that could exist in Charlotte. I totally agree. So you have been in Charlotte for a while. We mentioned that you went to Furman. Tell us, you know, I I, I talk about this a lot, but I, I played soccer at Georgia Southern. I'm a sports management major, and I'm like, I'm only working sports, right? That's the only thing I'm mm-hmm. going to do. Then I graduated in December of 2007, and there were no jobs around. So I ended up selling <laughs> toilet paper and cleaning supplies. I don't know. I don't even ask, right? But I was getting a job, and I was employed, all right? I was excited. But sports has, has been one of the biggest drivers in my life. I, I love it. I'm passionate about all of my teams. I'm very loyal. But I really think it's given me that competitive nature. It's given me leadership. It's given me a lot of different things that I think people that don't have their kids in sports need to get your kids in sports, right? So tell us, how, how did sports play in your life growing up? And then was this something that you always wanted to do and kind of give us a little history of your background? Yeah, and let, let me add something before I get that is I think the unique thing about sports and and. I hope this is this isn't inappropriate to say, but I think it's the closest thing to religion in terms of how you feel authentically in the stands. And when people come to the games, what we care about and what I ask my friends when they come, how does it feel? When I work a game, I don't know what it feels like I'm working and stuff like that. But what we want people to do is feel something when they come, 
whether it's a women's basketball game or whether it's seeing mayonnaise dumped. That's what the goal and the really purpose is to create an event where people feel something, that they're engaged, that whether it's anger, happy, sadness, it's whatever. We want an event that is authentic to the actual sport. Um, but yeah, so uh, for me, it's been kind of a windy road. Opposite of you, I never thought I'd work in sports and never thought I'd live in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> and look at us now. Yeah, look, <laughs> really twisting the knife. Um, you guys can live yeah, vicariously wow, through one another. Here, Tell me yeah. what my life was supposed yeah. to be like. <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to be a high school history teacher. Then I was supposed to do uh, intramurals and run that. And I wound up at Queens when it was yep. D2. And they said, I was supposed to do a rotation in a certain athletic department. And I never left. I fell in love with it. Um and they said, we can only pay you if you did specific jobs that already had paid. So I was the PA announcer for women's lacrosse. I was <laughs> cranking out the bleachers. And then that became a full-time role. I was there for two years do, um, working in marketing, communications, you know, PR, selling tickets, sponsorship, really anything possible other than coaching. Um, I think I also helped with some drug testing on some kids. That, so <laughs> I really had every part of the, the college administrator life. And um, from that, actually, I went to the Charlotte Sports Foundation for the first time. And I was there two years, and really that was started in 2014 with the Belk Bowl. And we started really experimenting with social media and doing some unique things in the digital space. There was an agreed-upon kind of move for me to go to LukeWire, which is our, our agency who's incredible. And from there, I got to have just um, awesome experiences working PGA Championship and PR capacity. I was able to work on uh, Visit North Carolina Tourism. Uh, uh, I was able to help sell drywall via paid social media. So I learned a lot. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I want to try this on my own, started my own company. And that f eventually was uh, merged or I, I joined a company and managed some video production. But I had all these experiences. In 2021, my role back at Charlotte Sports Foundation opened up. And um, I said, hey, here's my vision. I really want to push this as a brand. We never really pushed the Charlotte Sports Foundation as a brand. And I really want to lean into our events and the mission. And uh, we, we we were fortunate we started that year with a Georgia-Clemson football game, mm -hmm. which is, I still think, one of the highest hotel room nights in Charlotte history. And that was, uh, the building was shaking. It was one, it was the first real college football game with people in it since the, like, since the pandemic started. And the emotion, going back to the feeling of a sporting event, I asked Brittany, who's been on this podcast, uh, my wife, uh, is what it feel like? Because I was in the press box like, is this building about to crumble? It's shaking. And she goes, everyone was just screaming. It was like cathartic relief, release of emotion. It was the first crowd everyone had been in. It was just you couldn't help but be happy. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of um, had, was the rocket fuel of how we started to grow the foundation, how we began to think of it as a brand and bring more and more events. So we brought Jumpman Invitational in 2022. Um, and then in 2023, we added the Ally Tip-Off, which – um, just an incredible event. It was Iowa, Virginia Tech women's basketball, and we had the largest attended women's basketball game in North Carolina history, excluding the postseason. I don't think we can top the Final Four in 1996. Probably not. That was a good one. What all goes into that? Like you, you, you show up at these events, yeah. like you mentioned, the fan generally doesn't know all the legwork that's put into hosting an event like that. Could you tell us a little bit about? behind the scenes and what all needs to go on to make it successful. Yeah, I think the, the running joke, and, and we work in the college football world with uh, the Dukes Mayo Bowl, is like, what What do you do the rest of the 364 days a year? <laughs> but a lot of it's planning, preparation. You've, our event calendar is getting bigger and bigger. We are a small staff. We want to operate efficiently, so we only have eight people on staff. Um, we are supported by interns, great, um, and also agencies and other people like that. But for us, it is we all have our roles, but we all kind of stick our nose into everything to make sure we have um, really a cohesive unit. I work in communications and marketing, but I view that as a support position. If the operations team, uh, Katie over there, if she's, you know, if we're not educating people on how to get into the stadium, if she doesn't have the right branding to create a look of what the stadium feels like, that's not successful. The same with ticket operations and sales and all that. 
So it, it's a full year round planning it out, whether it's ticket sales, operations. A big thing is ticket operations. If you mess up a seating map, and a, oh. <laughs> everyone oh. doesn't know where to sit. So like those are really important things that are very detail-oriented. And we have Angela on our team who's a master at that. And no one ever sees her work. But you sit in the seats. That's her work. Um, and then we have sponsorship sales, things like that. And, and we have incredible corporate support in Charlotte, you know. Look at Ally uh, that came on board, and nine days later, we launched an event. So you guys can appreciate. We built a logo, press release, announcement all in nine days, which is pretty unheard of. Right. <laughs> so to, sh- to answer your question, it's Congrats. constant. Like we're, um, I'm thinking I had conversations with someone to talk about an event in December yesterday. So it's just how do we always get push the ball forward, do what's the next best thing, but uh, and then also how are we thinking about the next event in front of us? So I want to ask you, I've been in Charlotte since 2010. I've lived all over the country. You mentioned I'm wearing Chiefs. I, I grew up in Kansas, so I've been in this journey for a long time. One of the things that I think from a national media perspective, Charlotte gets a bad rap as being a bad sports town, right? Maybe it's the owners of such organizations. But in general, my opinion and really my experience has been the complete opposite. Um, specifically, if you look at the addition of Charlotte FC, you look at Charlotte Knights moving to Uptown, you see what the Charlotte Checkers can do. You look at even some of the other minor league teams. You look at all the events that you guys provide. What would you say to people that say Charlotte isn't a sports town, and why is that completely wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's 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 an asinine statement, for lack of better words. It's, Perfect. Um, if you look at it, look at what the Knights and Checkers just did. That yeah. takes two organizations who are passionate about the fans, um, and I'm talking about the outdoor hockey game. That doesn't really happen with minor league hockey and minor league baseball. That shows the harmony that exists in Charlotte. For our events, city, county, CRVA, the venues, you know, Tepper Sports Entertainment has been incredible for our organization and how they support us. And I wish uh, people knew the amount of work that goes into our events and couldn't happen without their staffs. Mm-hmm. Go to Spectrum Center, you know, they're spending seven days straight, 24-7 in a building with us. All those things is you have organizations that are very dedicated and the harmony exists is incredible to help these events happen. And, and, and going back to Charlotte not being a great sports town, I, I think that's a probably the measurement's probably dated. Mm-hmm. People expect to have... You know, your, your Chiefs. The Chiefs have been around forever. We'll, we'll pick on you. And people stay in Kansas City. It's where you grow up. It's what you do. Well, Charlotte's much more of a melting pot. It's a younger city. It has the ability and uh, for people to grow up as a fans. And what I'm excited is you have people our age um, who've moved here. And now I have uh, kids who are growing up. Those generation of the fans, those are going to be the diehards. Mm-hmm. The kids who are now growing up with this, the Hornets re- being rebranded was huge. They get mm-hmm. to have that experience that I did. They get to grow up with the Panthers. They get to grow up with an uptown baseball team. All those things are incredible. And I think you're judging Charlotte incorrectly based on you know, a criteria that has older sports fans. Mm-hmm. Well, now this generation, I think that's the engaged fan base. The kids who are growing up on watching the Hornets, that's going to be so much fun to see where they are in 20 years. And they're going to be the diehards. Hopefully my kids are not, but jumping through flaming tables, right? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we want. <laughs> All right, come on. Settle down here. Settle down. <laughs> we here. hadn't even mentioned NASCAR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean I, yeah. good <laughs> point. Know? I took my kids to uh, the Roval, to the Xfinity yeah. on that Saturday, and it was the best experience I could have had for them. They loved it. It was loud cars, things like that. I think the in Charlotte Motor Speedway is for as much of attention as it gets, it is unsung for the amount of impact it has from the drag strip, everything, and kind of goes to our mission. As people say, well, why aren't you working in motorsports? Because we have the experts in our backyard. They sit on our board. They're passionate. We work with them if they need support on things. But 
we trust the experts the same way, you know, when it comes to soccer, the uh, Charlotte FC is the experts. Why would we work on anything soccer? We'll support them if they need community, uh, community support and things like that. But we want the experts to be the experts and in, in, in operate in those spaces. You know what's wild too is uh, we have like the Bassmasters Classics and their big tournaments yeah. and all of that on Wiley or Norman mm-hmm. or wherever that is. Like you, you don't ever think about that kind of thing. But that's a professional sport, and that puts Charlotte on TV. That's you know? totally yeah. I mean, Randy yeah, Moss cool. was oh, just golf. Randy Moss was just on a boat, literally on NFL Live from Lake right. Norman. And they're like, you catching anything? And he literally pulls up a bass. And he was telling Belichick, or Belichick, come on down. Come on down <laughs> right. to Lake Norman. Let's go. I mean, that's a national TV show. I'm just watching it because it's the playoffs. And I'm like, I know Randy lives here. And I'm like, oh, he mentioned Lake yeah. Norman. Like, stuff like that. It's crazy. There's oh. a reason so many professional athletes retire here. Right. Right. There's a quality of life that exists here. That's a great environment. It's um, So I, I think that's kind of a testament to, going back to your question, is Charlotte a great Sports city, well, it'd have to be if everyone's retiring here. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's Golf, funny. presidents, club, yeah. a all, lot, all those things. A lot of people we have on the podcast, or really anybody in general, um, when you say, where are you from, they're not expecting you to say Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. You know, my wife's from Concord, and, and people are like, oh my gosh, you grew up here. Well, all of us have moved here, and I don't think any of us are leaving, and we're all having kids, yep. but my son was born a mile away. Now, my wife is very adamant that he is a Panthers fan. Well, look, our last name's Young, so right now, come on, Bryce, we got we can, we got this, yeah. and I have no problem doing that. But also at the same time, I'm a big soccer guy, right? The second we got Charlotte FC, we got season tickets. My son has gone to probably more games than any five year old should go to, mm-hmm. but he's a diehard. He loves it. The yeah. experience that we have sharing that together is something that it's worth every dime, right? Yeah. Every dime. I don't care if we were to lose every game. Now he might be upset. But for me, it's the experience of taking yep. him there, really seeing a sporting event that I get excited about, but seeing it through his eyes. And that's the I'm getting chills thinking about it because the season's almost up. I'm ready to go again. But when it's game day, this kid is the happiest kid in the world. When the season's over, he doesn't understand what's going on. Yep. And he's like, when are we going again? I'm like, bro, relax. We literally left the parking lot. Like, The season's over. <laughs> and, and also the venues. It's an yeah. incredible game day. Like all the venues, you uh, you know, Bank of America is incredible. And the opportunities with it are just amazing. Now they're doing more and more. Spectrum Center, that uh, they just released the updates on that. It's it's going to be fantastic. It's going to allow us to bring more things to Charlotte. It makes it just the fan experience gets getting better and better. And, uh, and that's why you mentioned, you know, the PGA Championship and the President's Cup. That's why they come yep. here is because it's such a great place to attend things. And even, you know, where we're, we're launching an event in the Mech Mile, it's around Memorial Stadium. I think that's that's a treasure in terms of not only the history. You had a place mm-hmm. that was built as part of the, you know, the New Deal WPA that was just remodeled. But it also has the history of like Ric Flair did wrestling matches there. Pele's played soccer there. So I think that's, as a venue, what the county has done in kind of reshaping that space and making it beautiful. And it, it might have a skyline that rivals what Truist Field has. We're, we're thrilled to be launching an event there. And I think there'll be more and more stuff happening from my understanding in that space. So we're really excited about that. That's a venue that's going to be incredible. Does the uh, ACC headquarters moving here help you at all? Absolutely. I think um, it, it's public knowledge that there is a lot of negotiations to get them to come here and bring a lot of events. Um, so they've already announced that baseball will be here this upcoming year, which is going to be, and that's the same Memorial Day weekend. So I, I don't think people realize Memorial Day weekend in Charlotte is going to be sports heaven. You have, um, say there's a, a, there could be a soccer game that night. You have on that Saturday night, you have um, Sunday, or I think it's Sunday or Monday is Coca-Cola 600. Mm-hmm. You also have ACC baseball championships happening. And then we're also launching a running event that weekend that's going to be incredible, big community activation. 
So Memorial Day weekend is going to be awesome. And I think that's just continuing to show the value of the ACC is they're going to bring more and more events as they announce them. We, I, I know about a few. I've heard about a few. And it, it's thrilling, you know, and it kind of goes to if you have a kid being able to bring them to that and open their eyes to a sport at, um, and, and should see the highest level. But also it's, it's pretty uh, accessible. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest challenges specifically with kids now is is failing is a good thing, right? And sports gives you the opportunity to fail. My son is now a huge Messi fan just because it's Messi. Yeah. And I will say he, he had a Charlotte FC jersey when we played good. Messi. So you did your we, job I, there. We, we, that was not, you can cheer for him whenever you want, except when they're playing Charlotte FC. But I think with my son, he he's gotten really good at soccer and he's so hard on himself. Well, he'll score six goals. And if he misses something, he like wants to cry. But the experience of him learning that failing is okay, that mm-hmm. Messi misses as well, has helped him in academics, has helped him in in mindset. Now, he's got a long way to go, but I still would rather him care too much than not care at all, you yeah. know, at the same time. Um, and all that, we can talk about the kids, but I do want to kind of change subjects here. Um, you guys have phenomenal leadership over uh, at the Charlotte Sports Foundation. Danny Morrison leading the way mm-hmm. was just announced as the Charlotte Business Journal Business Person of the Year. Yeah. What does it mean to to have somebody of his caliber leading the charge? And what does he mean to the Charlotte sports world, uh, not only for what he's already done, but what we can see in the future? Yeah, the, the foundation was uh, started under Will Webb, the previous executive yep. director, and, and Will did, and I worked with Will. Will was incredible, and what he did in building the foundation, it allows us to do everything. So any any conversation about Danny should include Will's work, and when he stepped down, Danny came in, and Danny had retired from the Panthers, was just, uh, and he's still teaching. He said he had just gone to the beach, and now he teaches at South Carolina, but he came um what Danny has done for me personally, I will always be appreciative of um, the way he invests in our staff. And that's what people probably understand, but don't see the way he invests in our staff, the way he treats people. I remember the first time I went to a Hornets game. Now, Danny was the president. He says he worked at the Panthers. Danny was the president of the Panthers. Um, and we Scott works at the Dunstan Group. <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. That's all it's, it's like, I, yeah, like that. It, yeah. I love that. Yeah, actually. It, that's, that's he awesome. just says that. And we go to a Hornets game and a guy pulled me aside and said, do you know who that is? And I said, yeah, it's Danny who I work with. He goes, and this is someone who's working in security. He goes, you're the luckiest person. And that kind of illustrated to me from the start who Danny is. But the leadership he has, the connections, he's the only person in the world who's been uh, a college coach, athletic director, conference commissioner, president of a professional sports team, nonprofit executive director, and uh, a college professor. Wow. So he brings all those connections. Ally tip-off happens because he can pick up the phone and call anyone. Mm-hmm. In his investment, in his belief in Charlotte, in um, – I joke and I call him, I say, you're a WYSIWYG, which is a website term. What you see is what you get. The same Danny you see, I see is the same Danny you're going to see, and the way he treats people is incredible. So he is an asset to Charlotte. He's an asset to our organization. But most importantly, I personally, what he's done for me and invested in me, I, I could speak for days on that. Yeah, I met him at a tailgate for the Panthers, and he was always good at like just walking around. Did he have a styrofoam cup? Um, he, of course. Okay. And my wife, this is back in the early, like maybe 2012, 2013, I can't remember. Um, but my wife was like, you know who that is? And I'm like, new to Charlotte. I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. He was the nicest person in the world. He, I mean, honestly, I was like, and then when they found out he was the president, I was like, that is kick ass. Yeah. That he's out here with he the common walks. folk, shaking hands, tailgating, having taking pictures. Like, it was amazing to see that. I asked about the Styrofoam Cup, and it's fascinating to me, and I'm sure your, your listeners will enjoy this, but he always has a Styrofoam Cup. To this day, he walks around with like a 32-ounce Styrofoam Cup. And it used to be when he worked for the Panthers, it was Bojangles because that was a sponsor of the team. But the reason being is because he shakes so many hands, it's the thing that doesn't sweat. So he always has it, and it still he'll go. That? It's half sweet tea, half unsweet tea. Uh, hey, you're, all, that's, that's you, Scott. But he always has it, and, and now we do like, like branded cups for him around events. So he has his branded cup. Brilliant. Yeah, that's awesome. 
towers the guess, same way. Dude, my brother-in-law, when he travels, uh, he literally travels with a whole stack of styrofoam cups. <laughs> they go to the, to the house wherever they're staying, and everybody drinks out of them the whole weekend every single time. <laughs> That's his thing, <laughs> styrofoam cup. Uh, <laughs> Something to it, man. I love it. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, about you personally. And um, so we did get to to have your, your wife on, and, and she plays a big role in the sports world as well. So both of you guys are a sports family. I, you mentioned that you have kids. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how does sports, you know, play with your kids? How is it is is it all you guys talk about in the house? Is, is sports? Uh, it's I what mean, we argue about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so no, um, Brittany is uh, she she joined Truist, and um, I'll say this: Truist hired her when she was nine months pregnant. She signed two days before we had our second child, wow. and they gave her full maternity leave, everything. So awesome. I think that's something that not many organizations does, and, and we'll always be forever grateful. So, but she works on an awesome team with Todd Achilles, Joe Smith, and she works on sponsorships and does an awesome job. And I bring her up because I work on events, and there's always natural friction between sponsors and events. <laughs> uh, so our car rides are oftentimes debate, uh, moral debates or, or philosophy on uh, those relationships, but she's made me far better at my job. And it's fascinating. Um, we're around sports, and that's what I think about so much. I consume a lot of like college football. I watch like NFL playoffs, but I'm probably not as dialed in as most people just because it's so much part of our lives. But it's been so fun to watch our kids. Well, one, they're the most spoiled kids possible because mm-hmm. of our jobs. Like, you know, they're getting the full experience at Truex Field. They have pregame field passes to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah. Like, it, I remember yeah. the first uh, last year's bowl game or, or 2022, our, our three year old and now four year old at the time. Uh, our four-year-old now, um, he would not leave until he met Tubby. So I, and I hope I don't get in trouble for this now, I credentialed him as media in the middle of the game and took him to see Tubby, the mascot, <laughs> just so he could go to a nap. So it, yeah, it, it's for us. And But we're going to the same thing with you yeah. where it's about this morning we had a blow up about he didn't get downstairs first. And he's like such a competitive and it's so exciting to see that competitive nature. But we're also now like trying to have conversations about what really matters is trying. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't care as long as if he wins, loses, as long as he tries. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a very fun place to be, right? It's tough because he's emotional, but it's a fun place. I'm glad other parents are going through it. But yeah, sports are a big part of our lives and we try to escape it, but we can't. What are the ages of your kids? We have a four and a half year old and a one and a half year old. Okay. So three years difference, but only eight pound difference. Yeah. So uh, the younger one starts every fight and uh, he escalates, and then the older one escalates it, then the younger one ends it. Yeah, well, I wow. got five and three, okay. two boys. Um, two boys it is it is the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, everything is a competition. Who can eat faster? Who can do? I mean, it's unbelievable. And I and I'm looking at them going, yeah, they're definitely my kids. And my <laughs> wife is really chill, and she just looks at me like, <laughs> what have I done? I'm like, you signed up for it, honey. Yeah. You knew what was coming. Um, I want to talk about the Mayo Bowl because yeah. one of the uh, most interesting and craziest ideas ever comes from the Mayo Bowl, mm-hmm. which is uh, dumping an entire five-gallon or whatever it is yep. jug of mayonnaise on the head coach's head. And it is actual mayonnaise. I it, want to be very clear. Yeah. It is just mixed for like 10 minutes to get it to the perfect viscosity to dump. Um, and it smells so bad. That's what people don't realize. <laughs> I love Duke's Mayo. Big thing of eggs. It smells <laughs> so bad. I feel so bad every time we do it. I mean, every time that that happens, that is the one thing that will go viral mm-hmm. forever. Because nobody, if they say, oh, we're, they're about to drop mayo on this coach's head, everyone's like, well, I'm going I'm to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I might think it's nasty, but I'm going to check it out. As much of the things I do in my career and, and um, 
the talent of our teammates and stuff like the amount that Charlotte Sports Foundation does, that will always be the first thing someone brings up. And it's like, that's what's <laughs> going to be on my tombstone. Like, yeah. I, uh, I was fortunate enough to be quoted by the New York Times about it. And I'm like, that's how I got in the New York Times. Like, Mr. Yoho talking about mayonnaise. <laughs> like, like, mayonnaise being dumped. So how did the idea come Who Who was the first one that was like, dude, what if we did this? Well, I think if any... It, no, I think it's a every good idea is a collective effort. Mm-hmm. So the in in the room is you have Charlotte Sports Foundation, you have Duke's Mail, which is an incredible brand, and the way they've invested in the game, I hope people see, and and that's an investment in a Charlotte. Um, and then you have uh, agencies like Lukewire, Bespoke. It's a huge part of it. They mm-hmm. help with the activation. And the idea is we need to do a Mayo dump, but in 2020, our COVID year. Um, we knew we we're still trying to figure it out. We kind of teased it and did white Gatorade, and people were mad. Um, very angry, um, and, but then we immediately broke a hundred fifty thousand dollar trophy, so that kind of changed the the tenor, um, and it was a great distraction. But we had the conversation pretty much immediately of like, yes, we have to do a mayo dump. How do we do it? And that kind of goes back to, you know, Tepper Sports, the stadium, how they kind of support us and finding the best way to do it. And uh, you know, we've talked about do we do it on the stage? Do you do it wherever? But I think the way it's set up and builds anticipation, the coaches march there. It, it's like almost they're all, like in this little room, and it feels like overwhelming. Uh, has worked out. So we immediately want to do it, and then Duke stepped up and said, hey, "Anytime we do a mayonnaise dump, it has to be a charitable part of it." So there's a ten thousand dollar donation that goes to the coach's charity of choice. Um, actually, I'm about to hopefully go up to West Virginia in March. Their athletic director as part uh, has agreed to do a mayonnaise dump, and we're going to raise money for the children's hospital. Awesome! So for every five hundred dollars, they're going to add a twelve ounce or sixteen ounce jar of mayonnaise to the cooler. So it's just it's things great. like that where it's grown. You have the Kelsey Brothers talking about on their podcast, and there might be something in their mail coming to them. And it's just like this <laughs> thing has its life of its own, and it's so exciting to see how bowl season has grown to be more than we want the game to be the most important thing, right? They're still these are still college football athletes being rewarded for their season. But what Pop-Tarts Bowl has done, I think what we've done, what others, is creating an environment that celebrates the game, celebrates the imperfections of college football that make it fun. And there's only there's so much room there, and, and, and it's exciting to see that space grow. Yeah, and I mean, I'll say as, a, as an avid fan of college football, some of my greatest experiences um, and, and memories growing up as a kid was were going to bowl games with my parents, yeah. you know, all over the country. And bowl games were, were, at least for me, it was just something that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people in the national news want to talk negative about bowl games. But the reality is it's not so much about who's playing in the game or even who wins the game. It's about those traveling fans and some schools like a Furman or a Georgia Southern or schools that are smaller. They're not going to the national championship. They're not going to some big bowl game. But if they get to a bowl game, their, their fans get to travel somewhere. The experience of going to a city and your your school taking it over is absolutely epic. How do you guys look at the future of college football and, excuse me, in bowl games? And is that the biggest thing, experience? How do we continue to make the Mayo Bowl something that everybody not only wants to come to, but they look forward to it? I think that that's <clears> the <throat> answer. You hit the nail on the head. And a perfect example is we are not a Big 12 bowl. West Virginia fell into our laps that morning due to a lot of complicated things. Their fans never anticipated it. They're, they are picked to finish last in the Big 12, and they won eight games, now nine games with the win. They had 30-something thousand fans drive to Charlotte, which is, goes to our mission, the economic impact. But they sang Country Roads. They sang their own rendition of Sweet Carolina, if anyone wants to Google it. Um, there were so many things that went into that where you could see just the pride they had for their university. It shows that college football still is alive, strong, and well. And the TV numbers are there and illustrate it. But also I'd challenge people to go into the stadiums and get that feeling. And that's where bowl games matter is 
going and I talked about that game in 2008. That was the first time I ever saw West in I was born in the state, but that was a West Virginia North Carolina game with my dad seeing, you know, Pat White versus uh, Hakeem Nix, but also hearing people sing Country Roads. That's a memory I'll always have even as a neutral in that game. And so that's kind of going back to what we want is creating feeling emotions. If it's eating mayonnaise in the stands, that's that's a feeling, that's an emotion, that's a fun thing and that's what we're trying to build with our events. I love it. So a lot of the the listeners here could be business owners, people in the Charlotte area, you know, wanting to give back. What's the best way the community can support the Sports Foundation and tell us how, how people can get involved if they're interested? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one thing is, you know, attend games. Like we want to have fun games attend. Um, our next one is uh, actually our, our first Mech Mile presented by Albemarle. And um, that's going to be awesome. And I'd say kind of a couple of things about that is it is an event. We picked a mile for a reason where it's we have an untimed portion of it. So it could be your first race. It could be something to celebrate with your family. We'll have a thousand, up to a thousand kids running for free. So I expect your kids to be out there with nosebleeds trying to win. Um, (laughs) And then we'll have the fastest people possible. So it's the only event where you can do the competition, you can compete, and it's a full day in Memorial Stadium, activated. It's going to be beautiful. Check it out, mechmile.com. So I would say buy tickets, check out that event. Um, But also if people are interested, we do have a Leatherheads program. That is kind of for like a young adults, uh, not young, it really can be anyone, my dad's one, but it's uh, a way to invest You in the opportunities you are is you can get early access to tickets, you get invited to special events, like we have speaker series events, things like that, so you get to kind of hear, we've had the Big Ten Commissioner, we've had a, uh, ESPN executives come in and give kind of behind the scenes uh, uh, stories. And then also you get to volunteer. So, and when I say get to volunteer, it's not just you're going to be passing out water cups. You get to support the teams. When You could be a team host for West Virginia when they're in town and be around the players and the coaches and help really push the foundation forward. So the the, the long the long story short is buy tickets, support it that way. Also um, the Leatherheads, then if you're ever interested and you have a business and want to engage with us, we're happy and we want to create cool experiences. I love it. What's the best way for them to uh, to reach out to you or to uh, to get in contact with the Charlotte Sports uh, Foundation? Yeah, so our website, charlottesports.org. Um, it's got kind of leads to everywhere. We have all our uh, events listed there, and that's a great place to be. Um, and then also, uh, personally, it's, you know, I'm Miller Yoho on stuff, or you can email me at miller at charlottesports.org. I just want to thank you, man, because I'm, I'm on your website, and you all mentioned $77.24 million of economic impact in – 2022. So hadn't even been updated for last year. Maybe you crushed that number. We're waiting. We'll have announcements in March, I think. Um, Congratulations. I just want to thank you as as small business people and also as folks that live and love this community. That's that's huge. So appreciate your work there. People always ask, like, how are you doing? Like, congrats, tell me congrats. And and certainly, and I appreciate it. And and it's well, it's received and, and appreciated by our whole team. But I think what's really cool and why I think my job and our our I think our organization is so unique is when we win, Charlotte wins, right? In the end, if we have great events and we bring things, that helps the small business owners, that helps the hotels, that helps others, but also gives us experiences. And also it puts Charlotte on the map. It's important for Charlotte to host, you know, Saturday night college football games. That is, you know, Absolutely. 8 million viewers tuning in to see what's special about this city. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it's, I appreciate it, but also I want to celebrate the city for being, and it was just named like the number three best city for sports business. It is, to go back to your point, Charlotte is a sports city, and one of the largest economic drivers here is sports. And so, going with my statement, any statement that is not is asinine. Yeah, <laughs> I I 100 agree with that, man. Well, thank you so much. As a sports dude, I love sports. My kids love sports. 
Um, we will absolutely be buying tickets to everything. I'm actually going to the Charlotte Checkers game on Saturday. Nice. Just moved into a new neighborhood in Paul uh, Brenecki or Brenacki. I apologize, Paul, but he is the uh, VP of marketing for the Charlotte Checkers, nice. and uh, he's my next door neighbor. Now. There you go. So he's he's hooking me up with some tickets. There you go. You got the. We're gonna ta- we're gonna take uh, take the kids to their first hockey game. So super excited about that. And my son has no idea what the NHL is versus minor league hockey. Yeah. He I, I told him, hey, we're going to a hockey game. Do you know what that is? He goes. The Mighty Ducks? And I go, Perfect. exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's what we're doing. So I don't know if if they don't do the flying V, he might be confused, but it's going to be awesome. But uh, Miller, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join us. Thank you so much for the impact you've made in Charlotte. We look forward to, to the future uh, of what we can do in this city in sports. And, and, and I challenge every business, get involved, learn how you can sponsor. Um, ultimately buy tickets and, and take your team, take your staff, like go to these events. Uh, there's a ton of fun uh, to happen and it comes in any type of, of dollar amount, right? You don't have to take them to an NFL game. Go to the Charlotte Knights. I say it's the best bang for your buck in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It's super inexpensive, especially for a family. Um, so just keep doing awesome stuff, man. Tell your wife we said hello and, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks guys. All right. Until thank next you. time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.